I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a show here on WEHC where we get to sit down and catch up with somebody to find out what's going on. And today I'm so excited because my guest is Missy Jones, Emory and Henry class of 2019. Hi, how's it going, Missy? Hi, how's it going? It's good. Tell everybody where you're sitting right now because you are not down the street from me. Nope, nope, nope. No, I am on uh, the beautiful Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, it's if you're looking at like a map of Massachusetts, it's the little arm coming off straight into the ocean. Um, so I'm on Cape Cod, uh, which is about 600 miles from Emory. Uh, yeah. I know because I've made that drive a few times. Is it where you were from? Yes. So you did make that drive a few times. I did. Yes. Every move in and move out. <laughs> and did, for two homecomings since then. <laughs> oh, bless you. Bless you for coming back for homecoming. How did you end up choosing Emory and Henry? You're going to laugh. This is one of my favorite stories. Um, so I was, I was not an excellent high school student. I didn't have like, I really wasn't planning on going to college, but I was applying for colleges just to like appease my parents. And um, I had been you know, searching through, I can't remember what that website's called, but I think it's like where it has like, it's almost like you're online shopping for colleges. It's like a list of all of them. And I'm searching and I'm searching and I'm searching. And the cover photo for Emory and Henry College, I'm not even kidding, was a photo of a girl sitting on the duck pond wall. And I was like, there it is. So <laughs> I, I didn't tour. I didn't know anything <laughs> about Southwest Virginia. I saw a photograph of a girl reading a book on the duck pond wall and I was like that's where I want to be and that's where okay. I went <laughs> you're not wrong I am laughing at that that is really funny and now you're on a radio show called the duck pond wall I feel like this is kismet right I spent a lot of time on that wall too I got my money's worth out of that wall <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do on that duck pond wall I like to ask people that when they say that they know what I'm talking about what did you do on that wall um, I considered it my office, um, quote, quote, because I would have serious conversations over there because I'm so used to being next to the ocean, right? Oh. I am a water girl. I have to be next to the biggest body of water at all times. And that Which was happens to be the duck pond. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just always there for serious conversations, for big emotional moments. I did cry quite a few times on the duck pond wall. Yep. Which is like bizarre because it's like public, like people could see me. It was, I was like, I just, I needed to be near the water. It was just like how I am. I, I studied, I, I read, I had big conversations, you know, it was, it was like my place. I think that might be, you're going to have to be like the poster child for the Duck Pond Wall <laughs> radio show. I'm just going to get a picture of you. Do you send me a picture of yourself on the Duck Pond Wall? And that's the picture. I will. I have plenty of them. <laughs> That is the funniest doggone thing. Well, and in the end, did it did it work out okay? Was it a good choice yeah. despite despite your strange shopping um, plans? Did it work yeah, out? Yeah, okay? you know, I think when I go into things with no little to no expectations, yeah, I'm able to really make the best out of a situation because there's nothing like like the duck pond wall check that box that was excellent I had no other expectations <laughs> for that college <laughs> and you know I was so blessed my my professors were unreal like just the amount of support that I got from everyone um you know I'm the kind of person that I'm never afraid to really raise my hand and be like hey like something's messed up over here or I need help with this and you know 
everyone was very willing to hear my critiques, support um, from, you know, staff, administration, um, professors, everyone was very open to a dialogue, even if I sometimes had to bust my way through the door. <laughs> well, that's funny. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that because um, Travis Prophet was saying the other day that one of the things that they're trying to do right now is to establish a culture that it's not just okay to ask questions, that it's expected. That you yeah, will ask absolutely. We'll ask for help and you will, you know, don't don't not share those things. When I graduated in 2019, it was a it was a rough year for me, like mentally, like just, you know, last year of college, you know, my life is changing. I have a lot of huge life changes happening. And um, that was kind of when things started to feel sticky in mm. the college. Um, there was a lot of tension uh, between different like parts of the college, um, you know, between staff, administration, students, and everyone was like starting to have like kind of really big conversations. And I was um, on the white topper at the time. Oh. And um, I was really encouraged to, you know, if something big was happening in SGA, I was really kind of given the space by Dr. Finney, of course, who is a blessing, a light. Um, I love him so much. Um, oh my gosh, that's going to go straight to his head. We have to do that. That's fine. Him. Listen, he, he carried me through that last year. <laughs> And I was really encouraged to ask those really big questions. And I, I was up in the president's office, like asking, you know, Jake Shrum, who was the president at the time, um, you know, asking him really big questions and him answering me and that going into the paper and everyone kind of getting that level of transparency that I think was really needed at that time. Well, look at you. Were you a mess? You were a mess comm major. Yes. Yeah, we're doing everything too. You're doing everything. You're not <laughs> wrong. And, it, you know, and so, you know, I know people think that I'm playing favorites, but it just, it, I just, I can't avoid mass communications major. You, you're just doing everything under the sun. Yeah. It's, um, I think it, that has a lot to do with how the program is structured. Um, like when I was in, when I was at Emory, I, um, you know, I was a mass comm and history double major. Um, and, history was has always kind of been a passion of mine so I wanted to you know be in that world and do the research and stuff but MassCom, I just can't be quiet you can't get me to stop talking so I was like this makes sense Teresa Keller was still or Dr. Keller was still um you know teaching at the time that I needed an advisor and was picking majors and stuff so yeah. you know I took her MassCom 101 class and just like fell in love with her so she got me connected with the radio station um so WEHC I I was in for quite a few years with Richard Graves and Dr. Oh. Keller and uh, Dirk Moore was in the office at the time, Jeffrey Cowart, like everyone who helped me like kind of build my confidence in radio. And so much so that when I graduated, I actually landed a radio spot in a commercial radio station. Um, and I was there until COVID. Um, they had a round of layoffs, and, but I was a Sunday morning DJ. I was helping with production. I was kind of doing everything I thought I was going to do. When COVID happened, it was wild it was like you know everyone's world went topsy-turvy yeah um, for better or for worse and I got laid off from the radio station job and I was still working at the store I had so the previous owner of the thrift shop that I bought yeah we um, haven't even I, got we, we haven't even got we haven't even gotten there yet so, I know yeah, so just real quick let's fill everybody in that you have just recently purchased a very cool thrift shop called Wicked Thrift Yes, I did. Oh, my but God, now you I can go back and we'll, we'll come back to that. Go ahead and finish your story. We'll come back to that in a minute. Sure, sure. So um, the previous owner of the of Wicked Thrift, um, I had worked for her for 10 years. It was my first ever, ever job. 
um, you know, before I could drive before, you know, I, I was so young, I had to ask like the school superintendent if I was like allowed to work. And she had to like, look at my grades and be like, yeah, she could work. Yeah, I worked all throughout high school, all throughout college. And so when I was laid off from the radio job, you know, I still had that to fall back on. Not fall back on, but it was always kind of like side by side priority with the two of them. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to pick? Like, I don't want to leave. But, but like, so you, you didn't know. feel like you were completely stranded because you had this other thing going on. Right. I was actually at Wicked when I got the call that I got and laid off. So I was oh. like, I was very sad that day, oh. um, but it was OK. <laughs> it all well, worked so out. What was your radio show at WEHC? What kind um, of show was I it? Actually, I don't think I ever had a show. I was behind the scenes. Oh, okay. I was the one making, like, I was helping make, um, like, the spots. I was helping people make intros. I think uh, every so often, Bill McKee will still message me and say that oh. he loves his, um, his, he loves his intro. And, um, you know, I love him, of course. Isn't he of precious? Of course. Oh, and my such gosh. A, and such a good music show. Yeah, he's awesome. I think I tried to do a few, like a show once or twice. And I just like, I'm not excellent with like consistency. I was a double major. I was like, I was tired. I was Time going through some stuff. Time like, is hard. What? So what was your show? You were a morning DJ for this, this radio station in, in Cape Cod. Did you, were you just like that person in between everything else? Or did you have a, like a yeah, specific show? I, um, no, it wasn't like a show show. It was just like Sunday mornings. They had just gotten rid of like, you know, like the like top whatever countdown. Well, I had originally applied and, you know, done the whole thing to be do exactly what I was doing at WBHC behind the scenes production, you know, despite what people might believe. I hate being in the front for very long. I'm like, OK, I'm just going to I'm just going to fade to the back for a second. I, I applied for like the thing I wanted to do, which is the thing that I feel like that everyone wants to do. So I was like, oh, I'm safe. No one wants to do production and everyone wants to be on air. So everything's fine. And they were like, Missy, you're going to go on air. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, we need a sound check from you. I was actually coming down to homecoming and um, and I, I booked studio, I think, B. And I, I did the sound check in WEHC. <laughs> um, oh, that's Homecoming. I was like, because I, I, I had everyone listen to it. I had Richard listen to it. I had Dr. Keller listen Aww. to it. I was like, can everyone just check to see if this is right? I don't know what I'm doing. It was the most checked sound check ever. Check, yeah, check. it was super checked. <laughs> <laughs> Czechoslovakia in your world. I know you've worked at the thrift store for such a long time. That makes this story even more fun to me. So let's let's jump into that part, which is the fact that you just bought this store. but And you worked there for, for 10 years? 10 years. Yep. I was 15 well, when I started. And so the lady who owned it, she just decided maybe she wanted to do something else for a while. Well, so what happened with that is um, she actually, when the, um, when like the housing market was getting like craziness, uh, especially on the Cape, everyone wants to be on the Cape right now, yeah. which I can't blame them, but I would wish that they would chill out for a second. She ended up moving to Maine full time about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, oh. but she was running the store from Maine so she was doing all of like the back end stuff she was um doing the con like contacting consigners doing price lists stuff like that for like a year and a half she was up there doing like the like really maintaining the online store connecting with people and I was in the store doing you know what I do I was you know running the front of the house and doing shipping and packages and stuff then after this past homecoming we were driving my boyfriend and I were driving back up the coast 
And I was like, man, like, I'm tired, you know, like, I don't know, like, it, it was it worked when it worked. But you know, having having your boss live six hours north is like, right. exhausting, especially right. when there's only two of us. Oh, yeah. You know? Because as soon as I got back, she was like, hey, can you can you call? And I was like, yeah, of course. She was like, do you want to buy the store? When I said that in the car ride, I didn't mean the day after. Like, I didn't mean tomorrow. When I mean something needs to change, I just meant like, you know, soon, not right this second. Right. And I will say we did the absolute best we could. And it was awesome. I can't like I almost can't believe that we made it work. You know, like the store was pumping. It was going, you know, we were both putting 100 percent in. It was yeah. just it was it was tough with like the, yeah. the difference in in location. Well, and were you able to stay open during COVID? We so we started in a we had we, the store has history on its own, but we had a three thousand square foot unit in um, West Yarmouth. So just like the next like sub town down lockdown happened. And the rent for that space for 3,000 square feet never stopped. Rent was still due because no one knew what was going on. Tammy, the previous owner of the store, she is excellent at making things work. She is keen on survival. She is going to dig her heels down and find a solution. She is very solution-based. Yeah. So um, she sent, you know, she sent me home, obviously, because it was locked down. Yeah. And, um... She, in complete secret, she, she had expanded our online store presence. We had already had, like, an online store for, like, big items, like, you know, Louis Vuitton bags or something that we know, like, it would have a better net if we just put it online. Yeah, so that was already kind of in place. And then yeah. she just put everything online. So people were online shopping with us. And so she was in the store every day. And what I didn't know is that she was also looking for another space to downsize so she must have been doing okay online it definitely floated us through lockdown absolutely and then we had moved to our current space that we're in now it's definitely smaller than 3,000 square feet but that was like the point at the time we have a lot of back room space uh -huh. uh, which is excellent because we have about 60 to 75 percent of everything that comes into the store goes online so we kind of wow. made that switch to um like kind of full-time online, but also, you know, we're open six days a week at the store. Yeah. So um, if something sells online, you know, I go into the store and I take it off the rack and I, you know, put it in the back to be packaged. And then if something sells in store, it takes it offline immediately. Do you have like specific people who have like a booth there or? Uh, not really a booth. We do things kind of in three different ways. Um, the first way we do accept donations on behalf of a local nonprofit uh, called Taylor Bray Farm. Uh, we are able to cut them checks about two to three times a year. So if someone donates clothing, um, then we put it out for really fun prices and we'll, um, you know, kind of keep tabs of what's been donated, what's the revenue from that. And then, um, will cut Taylor Bray Farm some checks. And they're um they're not like a growing food farm, but they have sheeps and goats and chickens and two donkeys and a cow. And I know that, you know, for Southwest Virginia, that's like, okay, and but um for Cape Cod, it's like, yes. <laughs> it's <a> big farm. <laughs> the property is um part of like the historic society. So it's been around for a while. That's and they're cool. completely volunteer and donation based. So the maintaining of the animals, the their their food, their hay, their cleanup, it's all volunteer and donation based. Mm -hmm. And um they hold like events and stuff they have like a sheep shearing festival and i think like may or june it's it's so much fun i love them Sweet. sorry and then the second way that we do things is um 
it's a traditional consignment. So people bring us their things and they get paid when it sells. Um, I don't love consignment personally, um, just because everyone has to keep track of like a million things, including yeah. myself. So me, yeah. the consigners, it's just a lot of work. So in the busy season, um, because Cape Cod is very seasonal, yeah. summer is Woo! everything in here. Yeah. We do cash for clothes in the busy season when I have like really good cash flow. So um, people, you know, I can only really see about 30 people in one of like my big public buying days. But the first 30 people through the door can bring me 30 items. I go through it same day. You know, they drop off and I say, okay, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you at three o'clock. And so 30 people, 30 items a piece will drop off. I go through it all in one day. And then anything I don't want, I'll put back in their bag to be returned to them at the end of the day. And anything that I do want, I'm going to give them a cash offer. It's about 30% of what we can sell it for, but it's upfront. Yeah. You know, you don't have to yeah. worry about anything. We're done. Like you never have to come back if you don't want to. Right. Um, and then if they don't like that offer, I, I go get the stuff that I, you know, said yes to. And I put it back in their bag nicey nice and say, thank you very much. We'll try. Do a lot of people take advantage of that? Yeah. We're the only one on the Cape that does cash for clothes. That is so cool. So well, they I have people <laughs> because it's a tourist area do you have things that are brought in by people from like all over the country kind of I mean I my days my my cash days are really big um so I because I can I'm only one person so I can only see a certain amount of people without like collapsing on the floor yeah. but I also only have so much cash you know like so I know like this year I read something somewhere and it, and it does stack up with me as well that um you know because of everything going on with the economy, most businesses can kind of expect to see a 20% deficit in their profits. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen that too. You know, it's been a really rough year. I've been trying to reflect that really heavily in my prices as well. Like when eggs are like $6 a carton up here, you know, right. like how am I going to put out a, a used <laughs> shirt for, you know, $15? Like that makes no sense. So I've been right. really cognizant of that, especially for prom season. I Prom is huge for us. I kept all the dresses under $200 this year. Yeah. And it's, it's a choice that, you know, we make very specifically and some consigners, you know, brought me a dress and I was like, okay, I can put it out for X amount and they didn't like that price. So I was like, okay, well, if you, you know, you take it home, you try it, you try to sell it. Yeah. And if you decide that, you know, you, you want to bring it back, bring it back. And this is the price we'll put it out for. Yeah. I want to remind everyone that we're speaking today with Missy Jones. She's the owner of Wicked Thrift in Cape Cod. Why thrift? Yeah. So it's definitely a handful of things. I started working at the store when I was 15 and I was a very oblivious 15 year old. I The world was gone to me. I had no idea what was you know, happening. When I meet a 15 year old who is not oblivious, I just want <laughs> to stand back in awe because aren't you supposed to be oblivious at 15? So when I see those kids who are not, I'm just like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. what happened? <laughs> yeah. Um no, but so I when I first started working at Wicked, it was like, you know, it just made sense. Um, you know, like it was like, oh cool. Here are these stuff that, you know, someone paid a hundred dollars for brand new. And I get to it's a it's still like new and I get to buy it for cheap. Um and it just didn't even occur to me that people thought like thrifting was yucky. Um, like <laughs> I think I tried to gift someone a thrifted something once and they were like, what is this? I was like a shirt. I don't know. Like that was when I was kind of like, oh, like this isn't normal for everyone. That's, well, that's funny though. It seems like, I mean, nowadays it does feel kind of normal. I, I went to yes. the Goodwill in Chilhalli and I, I run into students there all the time because yes, it's exactly. like a different generation. It seems like on that issue. Right. And then, you know, as I got older and started realizing like what's going on 
in the world you know the the sustainability factor is huge you know like the fashion industry is the second biggest pollutant only behind oil i believe you know you can you can check me don't don't take my word for it you know so being able to reuse something that instead of just tossing it is really really important so it's you know it's cost effective it's sustainable and it's cool i love vintage clothing that's where my history degree comes in you know like being able to <laughs> Tell people like, yeah, this shirt is so iconically 80s because of the big shoulder pads. But the shoulder pads, they started in the 40s because the women were going to work while the husbands were at war. And so when the 80s happened, you know, like this, that and the other thing. So well, I, I didn't I know to... that. I didn't know the history of shoulder pads. What yes, the history of shoulder pads. It's my favorite fun fact. Uh, so when the in the 40s you can see like the victory power suits with the big shoulders yeah and the reason for that was that you know the, the men were at war but the women wanted to be taken seriously in the workplace so they had the big shoulder pads and we see a resurgence of that in the 1980s when the housewives were starting to go to work and they wanted to be taken seriously in the workplace so um they you know called back to their ancestors in the 40s and they were like okay they did shoulder pads let's do shoulder pads oh i love that fact and you know i have a goddaughter who mock, who makes fun i had a jacket that had shoulder pads and she mocked she mocked that openly oh. all the time and I, I love shoulder so pads. i'm gonna share this with her because she needs to hear it and how many customers a day do you see i mean is it like every day or is it busy on the weekends or how's it work yeah it really depends you know um I'm currently open Tuesday through Saturdays and um and 11 to 5 and then Sundays 11 to 4. Um when the summer happens I'll probably cut Sundays and uh, take Sundays off um because I need the beach to survive. Um I need that for me. <laughs> exactly. Good for you and, for taking uh, care yes. of yourself. Yeah, and so it's um it's definitely one of those things where in the middle of the week I definitely see less people. You know, for this time of year, um, it's very slow. You know, Cape Cod, we really only are able to get money. It's like from May to like maybe September. We have those months to make a year's worth of money. This time of year, I have my locals, my year rounders, you know, a lot of the restaurants and shops close down. They like roll up the sidewalks after the season ends and, you know, it's like, okay, that's it. But there's a lot of year round restaurants and, um, you know, of course, the hospital, medical workers, you know, essential workers, people like teachers and stuff. Um, but it's, I, I have year round traffic, but as soon yeah. as, you know, my, you know, my landscapers, as soon as they are like, okay, you know, it's it's February, they still got a few months to go, rent's still happening, you know, let me hold on to a little bit more cash now that, you know, groceries are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, so right now it's definitely it's it's slow, but mm -hmm. that's where kind of prom season makes up for it. Uh we mm -hmm. start prom in January mm -hmm. and it, we go through about March or April. Mm -hmm. Um, so that way, you know we can kind of keep going. The dresses are on consignment. So I still owe a percentage, you know, to the consignor, right. which is fine. So if it's slow, that's fine because I can now, you know, pump things online and I just got an online sale from someone in New York. So I'm going to send a few things to New York and nice. I sold some prom dresses online and I have prom dresses. I have a prom dress going to Tennessee and I was like, Hey, it's the coolest thing. I just love that. Well, and we'll absolutely link your web, your Facebook page. Is that how you do it on Facebook mostly or other places? I am on every social media except for Twitter uh, because I don't have enough original thoughts but I am on Facebook Instagram TikTok uh, if you want to see me act a fool I'm on TikTok 
I don't know what I'm doing over there, but I, I am have crying. TikTok, but I might get it just to see you act a fool. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going for it, you know? Um, and then I, our online store is our website. So it's just wickedthrift.com. Let me ask you this. Do you ever dicker? I mean, do you get people trying to say, oh, that's nice, but I, can I give you $10 less? Or, I mean, do people do that? I sometimes, absolutely. I, um, it depends though. And I tell people this all the time. If it's on consignment, I have no wiggle room. Cause that mm. still belongs to somebody else. Right. You know, if, if you brought your beautiful things to me and we agreed on a price. Right. And I did half off on it before it was even, before you even had a chance, you'd be so <laughs> mad at me. I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I would. Exactly. If it's still with me at 30 days, I mark it down between 20 and 30% off. And then oh, okay. it stays with me for another 30 days after that second 30 days. If it's still with us, come grab it. What, what from Emory and Henry is sort of following you in this business venture and don't say Mark Benny, what <laughs> else from Emory and Henry is following you and helping you in this cool business venture that you're doing? I think the ability to problem solve and just keep going. I, when I bought the business, one of my big things that I had to reckon with was I can't believe I spent all this money on two degrees that I'm not even going to use. It was heartbreaking. I was like, what am like, I, I have student loans, you know, it, it's not easy. It's something that I have to, you know, I got myself into it. I'll get myself out of it. You know, it's one of those things, but, and it's like, okay, well, I'm using a lot of the skills that these programs taught me, you know, like my history degree taught me how to like, like a thesis in life, right? I have this thing that I'm trying to accomplish. How am I going to do it? And I use like a structure of an essay. That's how I like bullet point my life. Like, I'm like, okay, this is my plan. Here's my thesis. And I outline my life like I would a history essay. And then for MassCom, you know, I, the communications is obviously everything. We communicate with everyone in our everyday life. So from my consigners to my shoppers, to myself, to my, my partner, when he comes in to help me, you know, like communication is kind of everything and being able to pick and choose the right words and meet people where they're at and just make sure everyone feels heard and understood to social media you know social media is everything right now um you know all of those skills that I've learned in the school in the college and with my professors those I didn't throw those away I just am not working for NPR so you, you realize now that you actually are using those degrees, right. just not in the ways that you had in mind. Right, exactly. And it was like, oh, God, I was like sitting there one night and I was like, I'm not going to do anything I thought I was going to do. <laughs> like, well, what? Me, can I just remind you of something that you maybe have not considered? You finished in 2019. You are not done with whatever it is that you're going to do. So there's That's no true. telling what is coming next. You know, you didn't see yourself doing this and you may find yourself someday doing something else you didn't see yourself doing right now. So give yourself space and time to let the world unfold for you. And and frankly, I think it's fantastic what you're doing and I'm impressed and I'm I'm jealous that you're gutsy like this. I just think it's fantastic. And let me ask this question. Have you sold that Patagonia laptop bag? I have not. Market sold. Okay. (laughs) Market sold. I'll text you after. I'll give you a good deal. Perfect. (laughs) Missy Jones, Emory and Henry 2019. Thank you so much for being with us today. And how exciting. Congratulations on this cool business you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Missy Jones, Emory and Henry class of 2019 and owner of Wicked Thrift, the coolest thrift store in Cape Cod. Thanks for being with us today. And I hope that we'll talk to you again soon and see what's going on in your world. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
And thanks everybody for listening to WEHC today. I hope you'll keep on listening because it is after all the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you.